Welcome to the Trailer Cast with Elise Snipes. Each week, I will be sharing with you from inside my vintage trailer where I work as a therapist and share some of my musings on the human experience. I am endlessly fascinated and inspired by people. I love being a therapist and I'm deeply grateful for the intimate and beautiful work I get to do. I believe we are wildly capable of healing and making this world a better place, and this is my attempt at doing that. Sharing beauty to invoke beauty. May you find yourself inside these stories and ponderings and be better for it. Cheers. Would you let us know who you are, how you want to be known, personal, professional, otherwise? Yeah, yeah. Mm, I love a question. So good. There's <laughs> options in that. Um, so I'm I'm Hillary McBride. I might be known by the people outside of my immediate sphere of interaction or relationship as a as a therapist, as a researcher, author, speaker. Um, but I would say on the inside, I'm, and this might be in a way my heartbeat. I'm somebody who is really passionate about people and loving people and also about being in wonder and in mm. mystery and kind of marveling at what is and learning to see all of it as good and beautiful, including myself. And so on, on some level, that's kind of the deeper journey, but it, it translates really well to being with other people particularly other people who are in their pain um, mm-hmm. and helping them see themselves and their life the way that I do, which is, again, there's so much goodness and so much beauty. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that's, those are, like, I guess, yeah. kind of the simple, simple ways of describing it. There's obviously so much more to us. Like I have hobbies and interests and I've been in school forever. <laughs> it's all these kind of quirky things about me that people you don't usually find out until we kind of do life together but yeah. in terms of like the broad overview for the purpose of the podcast that would yeah that's a maybe a good description of who I am when I do yes good encapsulation and also sounds very much like an experience like I'm like I'm listening to you and I'm like oh I experience and or feel that calm ease mm. oh that's really <laughs> neat to hear yeah <laughs> What projects are you working on, Hillary? You have mm-hmm. a lot of things that you get to be involved in, and mm-hmm. it is so fun trying to constellation map that out. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. There's so much. Never, never a boring day, that's for sure. So, my maybe the pulse of my work is my mm-hmm. clinical work. I have a private practice, and so I see clients regularly, and that just like totally lights me up. It is my Gosh, one of my favorite things about being alive is doing doing therapy with people. Uh, but I've got some other projects that are on the go. I've got some big speaking stuff that's coming up. Um, I leave for Africa next week and heading through Europe on the way home to do some speaking stuff. So I love it. Yeah, I just can't kind of I'm pinching myself that I get, <laughs> I get to do this. I feel so lucky. But probably more notably too is wrapping up my dissertation. Uh, which I could also tell you about if you were interested. Um, 100%. Okay. And uh, kind of in addition to that, that feels similar, I'm writing, writing my next book. So 
that will be due in March of 2020 and hopefully out not too much longer after that, Um, but that will be called Embodied and will be a book about understanding our bodies, why they matter, why it's really important to be connected, what happens when we're not connected and uh, how changing our relationships with our bodies in in my opinion is kind of my hypothesis is how we actually start making the world a more compassionate connected and just place so yeah so uh, wrapping up dissertation working yeah. on this book and then obviously have um kind of like ongoing retreats that I'm doing usually with women and then I do here and there retreats with with men um men connecting to their emotions and learning how to deconstruct toxic masculinity mm-hmm. and that just kind of lights up my life so and men are volunteering to come yes the men who were already interested are self-selecting because they might be a little bit more along the way of starting to ask some hard questions yeah. but I think that there is a general and probably overwhelming theme of loneliness mm-hmm. within the paradigm of masculinity as it exists today, that, mm-hmm. that the inability to feel and express emotions, the perception that there has to always be everything in control and known and certain and to be on top of the hierarchy means for a very, very lonely life. And so I think that there are men, even before they understand what toxic masculinity is and their need to do um, some work around emotions are desperate to connect with other men yeah. or anybody. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And again, that experience almost sounds like learning how to like take something off, but then what do I put back on? And exactly. It. Yeah. 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 And if this way doesn't work anymore, what's the new way? Mm-hmm. It's the new way. Yeah. So yeah. that's like kind of the overview, but it's just a kind of, <laughs> because <laughs> I'm excited about it and yeah. like you're excited about it too I'll just circle back and tell you yeah about tell me about the dissertation for sure yeah and there will be uh first usually what happens is we publish it academically so it goes into some journal that nobody reads and that unfortunately is where like Things you know most yeah, like, right? <laughs> like, it's the peer review, peer review process mm-hmm. is super super rigorous so it takes a while but then you get it there and like then a handful of academics or clinicians read it but like, I don't, I generally don't do research for the academics. Yep. I do them yep. for like for all of us and for our <laughs> own humanity. <laughs> so my, my research, or I'm titling my dissertation, which will hopefully be a title of a book at some point, but uh, menopause is metamorphosis. Oh. Yeah. And the oh. idea that, um, I mean, your expression previously, like where things go to die is yeah. such a good one for thinking about what the experience for aging women has been like so far. Like the narrative is when you age, when you go through menopause, it's the death right. of you of all the things that our culture has valued. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Were you going to say something I, there? Gonna... I'm feeling it because there is, there's that sense. I'm like, I'm seeing it like, oh yeah, this is a huge, massive construct specifically in like huh? Western ideation, uh-huh. the idea of what and how the sacred feminine is connected uh-huh. to everlasting youth there you go fertility <laughs> youth being a sexual object um, being desired and desirable and you know it's it's a problem um that construct is a problem because it shapes the experience for women of what it means to live out the last 30 to 40 years of their life like 
what, so women go through menopause and then they just disappear. Yeah. Right. And like, what, what's going on and what are we missing in our culture? Okay. That's I I'm grandstanding for a moment, but the, <laughs> but the, the idea with my research is that I was looking for women to participate in the research who had a positive experience of menopause and found that that was connected to a sense of like a goodness in their body and a sense of freedom post-menopause, that their life actually was more empowered, more embodied and more expansive than it ever was before. But those stories are not told, right? So because they're not told, we don't know they can exist. And then we spend, as younger women, spend right years feeling nervous about or fearing or having to stave off other people's negative and like disrespectful comments about aging. And, and it's just not the truth that women are not suffering. Like some of them are, but like, there's a big chunk that aren't, but like, how do we have more women feel like they have something to look forward to? And that at this developmental transition of menopause, that they're entering a really good chapter so my research is, yeah, about these women who had this positive experience with menopause, but then how that set them up for aging in such a way that they felt empowered. Yes. And like they stepped into something even better. And it's really subversive because the story's not told and it's not told in academia. I mean, when you look at research about aging populations, and aging women, it's all pathology focused, right? So anything about menopause is about you know, like bone density and emotional ability. And it's about, you know, women grieving fertility. And actually there's a big chunk of women who are like, oh, thank God I get out of the game. Yes. They're like this whole thing of like, I have to earn my value by appearing a certain way. The game is, the game is over. I'm out of the game and now I'm free. I'm free. So yeah, it's super beautiful. So like yeah. women having like deep spiritual transformation too. Yes. Like they were not expecting this, but realizing this is from my data, realizing mm-hmm. that through menopause that they shed the need to uh, yes. pay so much attention to what other people were thinking about them, the need to perform certain beauty ideals, the need to feel like they had to do what other people wanted and had to self-silence yes. the process. So there is this like awakening that's happening for these women and it, well, it kind of makes sense that we have not talked about that because our culture and patriarchy does not love when women find their voices and uh, no one's going to give them the mic except perhaps another woman. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. Uh, I've got like all these little people applauding inside of me. Um, <laughs> I, a million questions surfaced. Um in some sporadic order. One, the Silver Sisters movement, women who are owning their gray hair. Mm-hmm. Um, two, this image of like this like butterfly, like when you said shedding, it was like, it was a shedding for the purpose of beauty, not not shedding for the purpose of like some other like smaller thing, but like this, there's that expansive thing. Yes. And then how can that begin before menopause? Because there's yes. legacy in here, right? Yes. If that story exists out here, I don't want to wait menopause to happen to to live in that truth yes yes absolutely yeah such a good question and I think it starts by us having conversations about that now um one of like the beautiful things that I did not expect about this study is because of the pervasive silence around menopause simply naming that I'm researching it 
is having women start talking about it and yes. thinking about it and realizing the same thing that you just said, like, oh, I, I don't want to wait till right. then. Right. And the good news is that these women in my study were not trying to make those things happen. They just happened. So it's almost like in the transformation of the body, mm-hmm. the rest of the self, because it's all connected, yes. transformed too. Yes. But I don't, I don't think we have to wait, right. but it's good to know that's there for us if we get kind of caught up in other things. Yeah. So mm-hmm. then is menopause almost the invitation at that moment to realize or to step into that? So for some women, that might be the catalyst of like, yeah, what is and, beauty? What is right. gender? Right. Yeah. And be- it's because the script that they were handed about what it means to be a desirable woman doesn't apply to them anymore. And so they're like, okay, do I, do I work harder? Do I do all sorts of appearance management related stuff right. to try and stay in the ideal? Or do I just say, throw their hands up and say, like, that was never the way it was meant to be. Hmm. Thank God I'm finally free. Like, this is me. Yeah. This is yeah. me. This is oh. me. This is me. Here yes. I am. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And it's so empowering to hear that women are saying, I don't feel like I'm being treated like a sex object anymore. Yeah. I don't have to worry about getting catcalls. Not to say that there aren't like uh, experiences of sexual abuse or exploitation, harassment for women who are postmenopausal, yeah. but um, because the way society is constructed, what a sexual ideal mm-hmm. is, as soon as you leave that, there is the sense of like, oh, oh, I'm not competing anymore and I'm not seen as an object. I'm yes. I'm visible, which kind of sucks, but in my invisibility, guess what? I can do whatever I want. Yeah. <laughs> Permission. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I'm thinking um I have a daughter mm. and feel like I like waited my whole life to have a daughter and to yeah. have this opportunity. So I had I had some interesting like counter transference. I was reading your book. I was like, I mm. felt like I like wanting to undo so much of my own mother-daughter relationship and then looking at my daughter is this opportunity yeah it it is an an opportunity not in an opportunistic sense (laughs) it's it's invitation like a man grand adventure Mm -hmm. greatest story i get to be part of like it's yeah i for sure start crying thinking about it but it is Oh, I love seeing that. I love seeing yeah. the emotion that comes up for you. That's, it is so precious. It is. It, it's, there wow. is, words are constrictive when I think about oh. what it means to get to tell a different story and then live that out. Now, not. Amazing. Right? Not at the end to say, I hope you saw this. I hope you got that. Yeah. But it's like, it's now, Eden. It's mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Oh. Oh. It is the sacred feminine. When I think of what, it, I, yeah, yeah. what I know of your work with embodiment, I think mm-hmm. sometimes of like the embodied mother-daughter relationship. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. We don't only have embodiment as individuals. We have collective yes. embodiment, right? Yeah. We have mm-hmm. the feminine in me and the feminine in you and the feminine mm-hmm. you. Like that is a big collective mm-hmm. beautiful energy mm-hmm. that mm. yeah <laughs> oh, gosh I also I mean we could digress on this forever probably and I'm I'm not a mom yet so I can't even speak to the lived experience but to share a body with another human 
Like, what even is that? That's so, <laughs> it's so I can't even like it. When I think about it, it blows my mind. And then I think, wait, that's what's happening with the earth in us. Right. And like, that's what's happening. Like with, like, I just think about the, all of the different parallels or, I mean, this, this is, might be painful for some people who are listening, but like, I have all my eggs in me, like any potential that could ever come in terms of life has always been with me. It's always always been with me. Yeah. Like, I can't, what? (laughs) It's one of those like mind blowing moments. Yes. Let's go in that further woman pregnant with woman and her eggs within her like that is the picture of like legacy yes and and like perfect containment in a sense like yeah future being within us and a part of us and through us beautiful yeah and it feels like I just kept thinking like the universe yes when you were saying that like all of these worlds within worlds within worlds yes I had a campus pastor when I was in college and yeah. he would do this super cool exercise. Like he'd start with like Murchison gym, uh, Westmont college, Montecito, or right? he would expand, expand, yeah. you know, earth, you know, universe, you know, like mind of God yeah. and just take Whoa. it, like blow it up. And I felt like I was semi in men in black when they were at the end and the marbles <laughs> were happening and then it was like the aliens were playing with them. Um, and also That's great so appreciation for stepping way back out. Yes of the micro to the macro yeah. and that yeah. accordion like experience. Yeah. But to think <sighs> as a woman, you hold the whole universe in your body. Universes in your body. It's there's a line from a joy Williams song called woman. And so worth a listen. So it's called woman. Oh mama. Mm. Oh gosh. It's like, mm-hmm. just get ready. Okay. <laughs> Don't try to do anything else at the same time that you're listening yeah. to it the first time. But she says a few times, like, woman, like you are the universe wrapped in skin. Gosh. Right. And then I think about, yeah, like what you're saying about having your eggs in you and the eggs of those eggs in there. Like all the potential yes, yes. for life. Like we're we're carrying around life everywhere we go, all the time. It's so yeah. amazing. It's so amazing. I love it. Ditto. Ditto. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's, and that's even back to when you first began speaking about like sitting in wonder and mystery. Mm-hmm. Like, this is that, like, letting it like expand and become bigger and be shared. Like, yes. this, what that looks like, feels like, yeah. sounds like. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And to your point, like, I'd rather sit in a place with you or someone and go, Whoa! (laughs) instead of like here's all the information I have to share with you that makes you know me feel important and makes you feel like you've got control like I I mean that there is a place for that absolutely but in terms of like what is life giving for me and what I find myself doing when I am when my heart is open is being in wonder and just amazement at what is like isn't it crazy that all of this just is like, yes, it is. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. It, it is legitimately. Yes. Yeah. And that I think requires like almost like pause yeah. to, for appreciation. Like, an, yeah. Go on, were you going to say something? Yeah, that the, sometimes kids are really able to put words to that. Like, mm. so 
is the air? <laughs> like they ask these yeah, questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Let me pause, stop, in, um, incarnate, like go into, not like stay out of the story, but let's go into that. Let's think about that. Whoa, what mm-hmm. is air and gravity and all these things and the power of the planets all spinning? And that is magnificent to you because you've never before thought about this. You've never before learned this and it's mm-hmm. happening right mm-hmm. now. Like, mm-hmm. That they don't yes. know yet feels yeah. marvelous. Yeah. Oh gosh, that makes me so excited to have have a kid one day to see, like to be in that with someone. But I love what you said too about the about the wonder of like the right here. And one of the things I've been chewing on for a little while in terms of spirituality and even mental health is uh, divine imminence versus divine transcendence. And within patriarchal contexts, the story is always that like goodness, that divine mm-hmm. is somewhere out there. Mm-hmm. We've got to go. We've got to go to the academy. We've got to go to the ivory tower. We've got to go to the monastery. We've got to go to the oh. other nation. We've got to go away from where life is happening. Right. To experience right. that divine. And even think about how that has set up certain communities yes. that we've had. Like, yes, you know, like church is somewhere else. Your faith community is somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Not the practice of your spirituality, like yes. as you're putting food into your kid's mouth. Like that could never be church. So divine transcendence is like the divine is not here. Here is bad. And in fact, we need to leave the right here mm-hmm. to get to the good. Mm-hmm. And feminist spirituality and even like the, you know, the divine feminine story is says like, no, 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 imminence. Like it's yes. right here. Yes. Right here. Like not only right here in this moment between us, but right here in the incarnation, in our yes. theology, in our flesh, in the fact that, you know, you can cut yourself and you can heal. Like yes. why is it that your skin knits itself back together? Like that's divine imminence. It's yes. also right here. Yes. And if you think about it historically, like, I mean, this kind of fires me up too, but it, it has been connected to the experience of like divine transcendence, I should say, has been connected to the experience of women and the rhythm of women's lives as being problematic or pathological. Mm-hmm. And we need to leave the home, leave children, leave the demands of daily life to go find God, to go find what is good. And it has created this hierarchy where if like women haven't been able to do that, then they don't have as much power. They don't have mm-hmm. that, as much access to God. They don't have as much um, knowledge and I think has facilitated this. Maybe even I could say like a, like a hierarchy, a spiritual hierarchy where because men have not had to pay attention to the rhythms of the body, the rhythms of daily life, they've been able to leave, but then have mm-hmm. used that as a way to create privilege Um as a way to feel like they have more access to something that nobody else does. Um, and it's subversive yep. in terms of a power lens to say, but like there is, the monastery is here, right? Like yes. the, the right now is the monastery and my body is the monastery. And I don't think that it's ever a problem to leave, but I think in with gender scripts when we've created a life that is so either or and only like, you know, 50% of the population gets access to this mm-hmm. either 
and 50% of the population gets access to that, or then our humanity is divided and we don't mm-hmm. have access to the complexity and the fullness of what it actually means to be fully human. So in this like move against patriarchal power structures, particularly within ways of thinking and systems and spiritual contexts, like imminence, divine imminence seems like a beautiful way for us to balance the scales for a little mm. while. It, um, it comes back in what I see is that that's exactly the model that we have when God wanted to show us what we yeah. know as word in flesh was not here's more words, but here I am Body. Mm-hmm. in yes. your life, in your story, in your little world. Yes. Like, yes. With in. Yes. Right. That yeah. cover that total flesh experience. Uh-huh. Massive accessibility because now everyone is included because everyone has body, right? That's right. So it's like all of a sudden that's exactly wasn't that the whole point mm-hmm. that it would go into the whole mm-hmm. world? And who goes into the whole world? People. Yeah. Right? It's like yes. it's already here. Yeah. Oh. oh. Oh, this is so cool. This um a couple of years ago, Richard Rohr came to town mm-hmm. and he was in his like sweet, jovial little like oh, he's a cherub. Oh, oh isn't he? Yes. Like yes. like a cherub meets Santa Claus, like in his like little cute little foreman. <laughs> he's, just, he's so precious. He's, yeah, I can't. He's, he's yeah. precious. Yeah. And he's like sitting in the front of the room and was he kind of like chuckles to himself, you know, like when he's like amused by something. And so he was remarking that a woman had asked him, um, when you're out in California writing, um, where will you go to church or how will you go to church? And <laughs> right, right. And he sits there and he likes, you know, and he goes, how can I go to church when I am already at church? <laughs> like, okay. Mic drop. <laughs> my bending universe moment of that's the whole thing. That's the whole construct. Mm-hmm. I have nowhere I need to go because I'm already with, you know, mm-hmm. he was already with the father. I am already with the son. Like there, it's yeah. there. Yeah. Hillary, yeah. That's it's all connected. It's all connected. Okay. So for people that are... <laughs> listening and they're like yeah yeah what is feminist theology um what is what is this what resources right because this is not Mm -hmm. typical lay Mm -hmm. christian conversation yeah 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 totally so you're you're asking resources i know i I mean i also listen to you guys on liturgist so i'm like i feel like the very it's a very friendly way to yeah. interact or brush past different forms of thought sure, and sure. conversation. Yeah. I think like one place that is so good to start is uh, I'm just looking at my bookshelf as we're talking. <laughs> um, is Sue Monk's Sue Monk Kids: The Dance of the Dissident Daughter, mm-hmm. uh, which is just kind of her journey from maybe more mainstream patriarchal Christianity to understanding like the story of women and the role of women in faith traditions, even pre-patriarchal faith traditions. Yes. And her like kind of her struggle to weave in um, 
her own voice and the voice of of woman capital mm. w into mm-hmm. into faith so that feels like a really good place to start mm. um another one that i find i found super super wonderful is the feminine face of god mm. um also carol lee flinders at the root of this longing uh carol lee flinders was lived in a, a commune for a while and has a a you know, all this education. She's been a teaching professor forever at a ton of different schools and identified both as someone who's spiritual and someone who's feminist and felt like they were always in tension with each other. Like feminism is saying, have a voice, spirituality, say, be silent. Mm -hmm. Feminism is saying, um, take up space. Uh, Spirituality is saying, disappear, consider the other. Um, You know, feminism is saying, you know, embody and enjoy your sensuality and your sexuality. Uh, spirituality is saying deny the pleasures of the flesh. Totally. So what do you do and how do you reconcile these tensions yes. where there's this movement that feels like I would say it's of God for mm-hmm. there to be um, a disruption of power imbalances. But what do we do when that feels like it's at odds with our faith mm-hmm. and yet mm-hmm. I would say feminism is a deeply spiritual yes and experience so so carolee flinder's book at the root of this longing is also a really good place to start those three mm-hmm. those three are good things okay. to, good to chew on for people who are listening um yeah yeah i, I like the idea of tension like I, when i think about like those two strings like and that mm-hmm. tension mm-hmm. it's like those like i think of like two parallel guitar strings right and it's like there is a need for that like reverberation to like kind of go back and forth mm-hmm. and and if we could hold that tension is not bad. Tension is right. when we get to pay attention to like, yeah. hmm, that's, ooh, that's a. Yeah. Okay. So I yeah. want to go in rather yeah. than we're taught that that must be bad. Therefore, yes. I must like yeah. back up yeah. and go back to what I know and is right. I can trust right. or I can see in right. black and white. Yes. Yes. Okay. And so I think, I think what I might be hearing you saying too is, we have to be able to hold tension to be able to be with it. And there are stories that around that make that hard to, but I, I would also like, just because we're both, you know, therapists, mm-hmm. um, bring it back to emotional regulation that some mm-hmm. of us have never been shown how to hold the feeling wow. of, of uncertainty, the feeling of not knowing the feeling of, um, yeah. unrest that comes with no clear way forward and have connected our sense of goodness with doing the right thing mm. as opposed to staying in the messy and knowing that we're okay. Mm-hmm. So being able to challenge our spiritual stories, our, our tensions requires a skill set yeah. that most of us weren't given. Yeah. Right. Correct. Totally correct. Yes. I'm like, <laughs> yes, 100% perfect parallel. Yeah. Yeah. So holding the tension spiritual in, in a spiritual space, how that transitions into the psychological mental health arena is emotional regulation with finding some homeostasis in the face of, yes, that's, I'm not sure what this is. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Being able to tolerate discomfort. Yeah. And I might have said, I might've said this in some other podcast at some point, but if we can tolerate discomfort, there is nothing we can't do. Because 
we can start to examine the parts of ourselves that are unexamined. We can be curious about things that previously we've been told, don't look at that. It might cost you something. Um, we don't have to do things to avoid fear or discomfort. We can do things because they're the thing we want to do. Yeah, and I really it. feel like it. it is the thing, like being able to tolerate fear, uncertainty, and discomfort are the things yes. that allow us to actually be in control of our lives. Mm. Um, because so much of the time, fear and discomfort and the avoidance of those things yes. are what makes our decisions. Don't don't talk to that person because they're not like you. And right. Right. Don't consider this perspective because it's going to threaten your worldview. Mm-hmm. Don't mm-hmm. X, Y, Z. Don't try that food. Don't yeah. try that. Yeah. Don't go to that part of town. Don't. Um, just don't. Don't, just don't. 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 Yeah. Right. Right. And they're like to be compassionate to our systems. Like it takes a lot of energy to to try new things. It's really hard on our um, kind of our neural pathways to be mm-hmm. like building some new roots and we have an energy really? conservation nervous system. So and, uh, yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> brain and our nervous system yeah. is like, do you really want to spend that energy doing that new thing? Cause you've got like, you got a kid over here and like, you get a lot of sleep. <laughs> but if we know how to tolerate and become friends with discomfort and the yes. fear of the unknown, I, I'll say it again. I don't think there's anything we can't do. Yeah. So there's a whole birth and labor um, Mm -hmm. philosophy built on Mm -hmm. the idea of welcoming that wave of pain as a way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That Mm -hmm. it's like this is producing something that this is actively um, bringing this child into this world. Mm -hmm. So real baby and or like growth baby, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like when, Mm creativity is being born in me Mm -hmm. there will be contractions and things and my tendencies I'm going to want to resist because I'm pain so I'm going to Mm -hmm. want to contract Mm -hmm. but if I expand right which is growth Mm -hmm. process if I expand relax welcome honor make room for what my body is already going to do naturally Mm -hmm. my experience of delivering of laboring of producing said baby or growth baby or creativity Mm -hmm. whatever's being born and I'm with it, in alignment with it. I'm in, in journey with it. Yes, yeah, not resisting it. Yeah, not oh. in conflict. Oh, within like, yourself. Yeah. It's it's like oh. this, this that story again in birth. Like it's like oh oh I know that, but I know that in the context of labor. Oh, that's yeah. familiar in the context of this story or that experience. Right. right. Oh my gosh. I I could chew on birth. Mm-hmm. The the act like actual birth, yeah. yeah, and what it means for yeah. us forever. Yeah, I I will digress only momentarily, but Please. I used to be a midwife, um, <laughs> and had lived in a birth house for a while, delivering babies. This was in the northern Philippines, um, and yeah, and living living there and doing that. Oh. Maybe I came back and I was like, I'm gonna be a midwife. It's mm. gonna be amazing. And didn't get into midwifery school. So I decided, oh, okay, I'll study psychology in the meantime while I'm waiting to reapply. And realized this is what I loved about psychology and therapy was like, I have I have at points called myself a midwife of the mind. Yes. Right? I'm, like, I'm like, yes. Yeah, that we're like, we can do 
things that feel scary, the stretching process you're talking about, the expansion, when we don't know what's happening, when we don't know what it's like, when we don't know how long it's going to last and if we can handle it, having an an attuned, Mm -hmm. present, loving other who has done the journey to be with us, to say, I am with you. I know something is being born. Remember that you are not alone. We will do it together from start to finish. There is a mm. baby on the other side. That's right. Like that is what I do as a therapist. Like your yes. pain is not does not have the final word, right? Yes. There is something you are learning, and there is actually goodness on the other side. Which, again, I promise I won't digress too much. But I have a problem with therapeutic models that take people out of their pathology but don't support mm. us into flourishing. Because mm. it's like, okay, the labor's over but no one got the baby. Totally. Now right? it's just done. Yeah. So like, okay, you're not, you don't have depressive symptoms anymore or like your, uh, your psychotic delusions are gone or you're not, your eating disorder is not symptomatic right. anymore. But like, do you love being alive? Do you love yeah. like being present? Like oh. we, I think as therapists, we're missing something when we don't help the baby be born. Yes. <laughs> like, I know. I'm just preaching to the choir. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it's like that when you were talking earlier about the story that's not told about women in menopause thriving and flourishing and living into this radical fullness, that if we don't see those stories, hear those stories, then how do we know? And so it's like when we, when, when we come to the other side of something, and yes, we might enter back in another door to another situation, but yeah. man. We need proclamation. We need to like say, like, it's good over here. There are babies over here. <laughs> like, like we will laugh in in on places we never thought possible. Yes. Like, that is yes. a real story. Yes. Your evidence, cosmic evidence, mm-hmm. that it does change. Like it's all possible. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. like that's like everything in my bones. <laughs> oh, I love sharing that that resonance with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. Oh, good stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's the irony. One of the questions I meant to ask was like, what, what do you want people to know about, like, about the field of mental health? But it's like it comes through also in this conversation of, mm. like, of this, like, flourish. Mm. Mm-hmm. Your mm-hmm. life is on the other side of that pain. You yeah. went through to deliverance. Yeah. Yeah. One of the models of therapy that I practice, a key, a key phrase in it is anything that feels bad is never the last step. Like there is, there is something beyond the like, uh, right. Even, even neutral. Like I think that there is goodness coming for all of us. Um, but to, to like, to answer your question, some of the things I want people to know about mental health are, to be more explicit because it has come through right, in yes. this conversation is all of our suffering has a purpose. And what I don't mean to say by that is um, like, you know, there's a reason your child died. There's a reason your, you know, your right. marriage is over. What I mean to say is your depression was the answer to a problem. Your anxiety was your nervous system trying to to, you know, to manage a, a very scary situation and the on switch never got turned off. Right. Right. Like the eating disorder is not the problem. It's the solution mm-hmm. to a problem. Completely. 
right? So we we often see the the manifestation of our suffering as the problem, but often it's our nervous system's way of taking care of us, like mm-hmm. even PTSD. Yeah, yep, right? absolutely. Like our nervous system getting yeah. turned, the fear response getting turned on because something like our body thought we were going to die. Right. And then, right, that that's that's good. If we've been through something awful, yes, our body's trying to protect us from that awful thing happening again. And so I, I love thinking about psychopathology that way or what we might call like mental illness or disruption mm-hmm. to mental health that way because it returns us to a narrative that most of us didn't get, which is the inherent goodness of our being. Absolutely. Like even in our anxiety, our body was doing its very best to take care of us. Even Absolutely. in our flashbacks, in our nightmares, in our depression, you know, it was so overwhelming to risk that our body said, it's too hard to risk. Let's shut down for a little while. Yes. Right. And that we yes. do not have to hate ourselves because of our, our mental mm-hmm. illness or our distress. Um, but then in that, sometimes our bodies and our systems get stuck and we need people who are not stuck to help us remember mm-hmm. that the situation that created or the context that created that survival strategy we might be out of that context and maybe we don't need those survival strategies anymore. And it's okay for our body to say, Oh, I don't need, I don't need that thing. Mm-hmm. But sometimes mm-hmm. we need other people to remind us. Totally. Right. Totally. And experiences and the ability to take in those experiences. Um, yes. To help our, our nervous system actually have the proof that it's over. Oh. So, yeah. I right. Love- I love people knowing that. Like, if you struggle, it's you're not bad. That's actually some goodness in you. Isn't and, it? And like, what worked then might not work now, and so yeah. it's okay to get some support to help your uh, your system, mm-hmm. all of it, kind of recalibrate to get a like a system update or like yes. a operating system update. Right. Right. With technology. <laughs> and to return to like the true and fullest version of who you are. Mm-hmm. Like I think sometimes people fear that they're going to get a different operating system when they come in mm-hmm. for therapy. And it's like, no, we are returning mm-hmm. you to your full mm-hmm. glory or full mm-hmm. self. It is, mm-hmm. we will not take and just like just destroy that old That's hard right. drive. Right? No, right. we will say the, the magic of you being human is that you have, radically creative resources within you mm-hmm. that have been working alongside you. And so thank you. So right. That's right. Thank yes. you. Thank you. So thank well you. Said. Thank you. And yeah. and I'm okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love to say about therapy, it is not about becoming something else. It's not about becoming well. It's about unbecoming. Oh right? gosh, it's about right? unbecoming all the things you learned you had to do to be loved or be mm-hmm. safe. And that you don't need to do those things anymore because you're good. Yes. You've always been good. Always. And sometimes, I think sometimes, I think, I'm like, if I could just see you, maybe over time you will see you. Yes. And yes. I'm committed to seeing you without that obstacle, mm-hmm. without because I don't need something from you. I will just truly reflect mm-hmm. your goodness, your goodness, your goodness, all the way through, mm-hmm. right? It's like this mirror. Uh, Oh, the people that you work with, they're so happy to work with you. And I know you would say you'd be lucky to work with them probably, but yeah. I'm just so, yeah. I'm so glad that you're doing the work that you are because these are the the ways of healing that need to 
I think, um, sweep the nation. We're still in therapy often in a psychopathology driven model and a symptom management model and not a, what I hear both of us saying, which is like, you're good. And when you have the experience of your goodness with me, then a part of you starts to remember that. And that changes everything. That's right. That's right. Oh my gosh. I have chills. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it is an honor to get to do Mm. this stuff. This is like, doesn't always feel fair sometimes. Like, (laughs) um, like even when I hear and listen to other people's problems to oh, your brain, yeah, it's like yeah. it helps people hear and know and sense that it's like, this is what I mean. This is what I mean. Right. Like this is it. Just listen right. in, right? Oh, mm-hmm. oh thank you for listening. So we, um, now that I'm, I'm kind of wrapping up my PhD and I've, I had did a residency last year that meant I shut my practice down for a little while because yeah. I had to need to move. And yeah. now that my practice is back open again, uh, are going to start recording for another season of cool. this, the show, other people's problems. So I'm excited that there'll be more, more coming at you. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. 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 Where, where's the best place for people to connect with you after listening to you today? Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty active on social media, Instagram and Twitter. And often treat Instagram, I would say almost more like a blog, but we'll share like insights and perspectives and things that I'm doing and upcoming events there. Mm-hmm. So that can be a, a good place to check out my work. Also my website, hillarylmcbride.com. I've got research up there about upcoming sacred feminine retreats. Um, yes. We've got an Italy one coming up. Um, Austin for this fall is all sold out, but more coming up, more coming up in the future. And um, I'm trying to think of what else. Other people's problems is another great way to stay in touch with me and hear about my work and hear kind of how I work. So that's a podcast. Mm-hmm. You can get that in mm-hmm. your podcast. Um, yeah, I think that those would probably be the places. Sacred Feminine Retreat. Give it. Just give us like a the whole thing. This. I mean, I oh, I know because I like stalk the heck of this retreat. I'm like, this is amazing. So it's unreal. It's un- <laughs> it is. I it can't is. even tell you. I feel like a, a parent bragging about their kid, uh-huh. Uh-huh. but it's like, it's really the most amazing thing I've ever been a part of in my entire life. And the the beauty of it, like it's a lot of work. We put a lot of work into prep yeah. and a lot of work yeah, into being there. But when the work starts happening, women start holding each other and Lisa Gunger and I, who, who facilitate these retreats together, we get to step back and so again, the hierarchy dissolves and yeah. it's not like people who are knowers and people who are not knowers. It's like, we are just creating a space mm-hmm. where everyone gets a chance to have a voice, have their needs met, um, feel seen and to explore ways of relating to themselves and their bodies and yeah. each other as women yeah. that disrupts the story that we've all been given because it's not working for us mm-hmm. to compete with each other, the hate yourself, the God is somewhere far away. Um, the divine is a man. Like, no, those stories are working for us. Anymore. And so sacred feminine has been an opportunity. Like our tagline is is often like the, the sacred feminine is about, the way the sacred feminine is about bringing together all the things that were never meant to be a part. This like uniting, the like you were saying, the coming into instead of believing or the yes. 
the making wrong or bad. It's like everything gets start to be sewn back together, including our connection with our bodies, our connection yeah. with women. Yeah. And we do, we make space to do the healing work to make it possible to do that. Mm. Um, yeah, there was a woman yeah. who came to our last retreat that we had, I guess it was about three weeks ago now. And she said that she has never been in a space with other people ever where there was no hierarchy. She said she didn't know no relationships, no friendships, no groups, no education settings, no faith context, nothing. And to us, that was everything. That was like, that's the point that everybody, this only happens when everybody is here and they're showing up and they're using their voice and we're taking turns listening and speaking and sharing and giving and receiving. It's, I can't, I can't even describe you to you what it is. And we're like pretty. <laughs> For people who are trying to find out information about it, we don't share a lot. We actually don't let anybody take photos during the retreat. And the point of that is that people have their phones away and we're actually experiencing something instead of being like, this is such an, you know, an Instagrammable moment. So it's hard to find information about it. And we kind of like that because we want women who are like, I'm ready for something new and I'm up for whatever. The the mystery, the wonder, the invitation, the embodiment, like it's, it's, it's all those things. Exactly. The, it also, I cannot like confirm, agree enough, the idea of the time we need to de-layer yes. or de-roll from mm-hmm. our life so we can come mm-hmm. into an experience that is days long mm-hmm. and really linger and be there with without having to like, okay, let me just put myself back on. That's right. Am, That's oh. right. That's right. Yeah. Retreat work is... It's everything. Mm-hmm. It is everything. Yeah. It's it so, is everything. Yeah, you get the experience of being with each other long enough that it's not uh it's not a moment. It's uh like these microcosms of life yeah. start to happen. Yeah. And oh well I hope we get to have you and your listeners. Yeah, you, always welcome. You will. Yeah. I have a oh couple girlfriends from Denver that are that we've been like oh trying to God. trying to figure out a way to do it. Um Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be so fun. It, oh. it, it would just feel so and like it's it reminds me of our conversation too like it would be probably an extension of the work you already do right and just a chance to to settle into that for a little bit with with like that I don't know when other people are there it feels really it's even heightened and more special right when it's like oh like it's not it's not you and me for one hour. It's not me and these people for, for two hours. It's mm-hmm. all of us for mm-hmm. these days that feels like there's, mm-hmm. um, it, it is, it's more expansive, more expansive, mm-hmm. more expansive. So, mm-hmm. so rad. I dig so it. good. Thank you for your time no, today. Thank you. This Such was a gift a- to me. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. If you are interested in beginning your own work in therapy or coaching, you can go to www.elisesnipes.com. Follow me on Instagram at Elise Snipes Collective, where I will be sharing more with you throughout the week. You can get in touch with me to suggest a topic for the show or to ask a question from your own life you would like to have answered. Or just say hi by emailing me at elise at elisesnipes.com. Remember to subscribe on iTunes and tell your friends.